Jubilee Church Derby, a church family looking to make a difference across the city of Derby and beyond. This is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations, and you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Rejoice in the Lord always, I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Um, Can we have my first slide up, please, James? That would be great. There we go, Sue. Um, Last week, isn't it great to get a confirmation when the Holy Spirit prompts you to uh, do something and uh, you think, oh, I think I might be on track. Well, last week's uh, preach from uh, John was just superb. Uh, So out of the four points that I was going to cover, he almost did the first two. So you're getting off light this week. It's going to be good in that regard. And uh, uh, so... Sanctification. Um, One of the things that strikes me is uh, how simple becoming a Christian is. How simple God has made it for us all to be saved. To believe, to believe in who he is. And the only way we can be believed, but to actually believe is by the Holy Spirit to reveal Christ to us. Turn away give our lives to him, and we're saved. Amazing. Uh, And yet there are some large subjects in the midst of that because there are some amazing miracles that happen when we are saved. Uh, In the transformation process from being lost to saved, there's some just incredible things happen. And uh, when, you're, when, when you uh, know the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, there are a number of really spectacular uh, words that Scripture uses to uh, condense what's tran- what, what that transaction and that miraculous transformation happens. So, James, if I could have the next slide up. Uh, uh, yeah, there's yeah fourth. Should be four things up there, I think. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, redemption and justification, they were the the two that John was taking us through. And he was talking about the radiant bride. He had this, uh, uh, he had his, uh, uh, the bridal gown, didn't he? He had the dress of his wife from their wedding. And uh, he was uh, giving us that illustration of how clean and perfect the bride is. Uh, and I'm looking out at you at the moment, looking at this pure, white, radiant bride uh, this morning. That's who we are. We are the bride of Christ. So uh, we're going to have a quick look at redemption and justification to put into context the work of sanctification. So uh, they sound all like big words, but um, uh, w- w- some of the simple uh, pieces of it. So if I could have the uh, next slide up, please, James, that would be nice, on redemption. So uh, first scripture, uh, Ephesians 1 verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with his riches of God's grace. So why do I need to be redeemed? It's just just some nice, simple things, uh, mainly because uh, we've all sinned against God. And the pause there is on purpose because actually to sin against God Anybody isn't nice, can be really bad. But actually, depending on who you're sinning against, can be really bad. However, here we have the creator of the universe, and uh, he's declared us as sinful if we don't know him. And Thinking about that debt and thinking about how redemption works 
is that someone is going to come and pay for my debt. So it's really simple, isn't it? Here you are. Um, you might, uh, I, I might have been caught speeding. I haven't recently. I've been quite good, really. Uh, it's been quite a few years since that happened. I think over a decade now. So, uh, uh, but uh, uh, when, you, when you're caught and you're, and you're convicted, you, you need to pay the fine. Someone needs to pay the fine. And uh, when we have a look at sin, someone needed to pay for the sin. And uh, redemption is all about Jesus going to the cross and paying for the sin. It was mine, but he paid for it. So absolutely amazing. So out of our four, four uh, areas today, uh, we're only going to spend a couple of minutes on redemption and justification. Um, not because they're small, they're absolutely enormous, but John did cover quite a bit of that. Uh, redemption, then, is the price paid. How much of the price is still left to be paid? None? None? You're convinced? Are you sure? Yeah, absolutely. None. It's all been paid for. There is no debt left. Hallelujah. It's just wonderful, just wonderful to know that that slate is wiped clean. Uh, James, we could have number four up, justification. So justification, I've got a definition of justification. It's not one of my own, it's one that I found. A definition of justification is an instantaneous legal act of God in which he, number one, thinks of our sins as forgiven and Christ's righteousness as belonging to us. And number two, declares us righteous in his sight. So Romans uh, 3, 22 to 24, you can see them on the screen. The righteousness is given through faith in Christ Jesus to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came through by Christ Jesus. So the difference in justification and, uh, and uh, redemption comes into the fact that just because someone paid for the fine didn't mean I wasn't guilty of the crime. So when you have a look at justification, this is a real move of God to say, well, yeah, you did do it, and the price has been paid. Wonderful. But actually, now and again, uh, I don't know about you, but I can think about my past and think about, oh, yeah, but I did that. And I can feel bad about doing that, whatever that might be. Uh, I've got to say, when I wasn't a Christian, I wasn't a nice person. Uh, none of you knew me at that time. I was quite horrible. I had some bad habits. I've got some bad history. And uh, not wanting to give glory to that, but just to understand that now and again, I'll think of something that I did in the past and I can feel guilty. But God doesn't hold that. God doesn't remember that. In fact, he's wiped it clean. And he said, what are you worried about, Paul? We've dealt with that, haven't we? It's a really great freedom-giving peace. And justification isn't just the forgiveness. It's the impartation of Christ's righteousness to me. He's clothed me in Christ's righteousness. A guilt-free nature is who I can be in Christ. That's how Jesus looks at me. That's how the Father looks at me. And that's how the Holy Spirit wants to reveal himself to us. That actually, no guilt, no shame. You're a new creation. You're perfect in Christ. That's how he sees us. Just as perfect as Christ is, that's how he sees you. So when we have a look at justification, this is, this is the, uh, another amazing, miraculous, instantaneous work of God. An instantaneous legal transaction where all of the sin and the guilt is taken from you. Taken. You haven't got it anymore. It's not yours. Jesus took it. And here we are, perfected. So here we have redemption and justification. Just a wonderful, miraculous, miraculous work of God. 
So if we can have the next slide up, God's role in sanctification. Well, it's almost saying like, well, actually, there's God's role and there's our role. And in sanctification, that's the way this, 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 this works. So uh, a definition of sanctification is growing into the likeness of Christ. Um, so anybody perfect in Christ? You can all put your hand up because you actually are perfect in Christ. All right. But actually, uh, what part of me is perfect in Christ? So body Mind, soul, spirit, lots of descriptions scriptures uses, but actually I can't say that every act and every deed and every thought is captive yet. Anybody else with me in that? Okay. So when you have a look at this, this, this growing into Christ likeness, there's a definite, 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 definite act when you're born again of sanctification. All right. Absolutely, there is a there is part of sanctified. Uh, I I am now Christ-like. I'm one with Christ. I'm in Christ. Christ is in me. There's a definite part of me that is now sanctified and in Christ. Scripture tells us so. In fact, we can uh, read that in uh, one Thessalonians. May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole Spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there's a, there's a starting point of uh, the work of God in our sanctification. But that doesn't mean that in everything I do and everything I say, there's still part of the old man. And we read in Scripture about that. And uh, uh, we're called to work out our salvation in fear and trembling. Why? Why am I going to lose my salvation? no but we want to be able to put the right level of effort in to cooperate with God to be like him. So that's what, this, that's what uh, sanctification is, is uh, talking about. It's an act of God in our lives, but it's something uh, we are to work through. Uh, we're all absolutely brand new creations. It's another preach, isn't it, that you are new brand new, made new at your salvation. So if I could have the next slide up, please, uh, James, that'd be lovely, number six. So um, I've put up here uh, a little uh, grid, and on the, on the left we have justification, and on the right we have sanctification, all right? And on the left we have uh, where justification puts us firmly. It gives us a legal standing before God, not guilty. That's where it takes you. Not guilty. Not just not guilty, but actually a legal standing in there is you are sons and daughters of the living God. Heirs with Christ. That's our legal standing. That's your legal standing. If you're born again this morning, that's where you are. And under sanctification, it looks at our internal condition. All right. So here you are with our internal condition. Um, anybody worry about anything, concerned about anything, daily, weekly, monthly? Uh, it's a, it can be quite a challenge, can't it? Living our lives daily. It's not a simple thing, isn't it? Oh, I'm a person of faith, person of God, read my Bible, pray, etc. But then you've got to live it. And it's not as simple as that. The, the testimony this morning that this lighthouse, this couple that were, was being talked about, were a lighthouse. Why? Because they were not... I'm sure they were bombarded by concerns but actually they were living a life full of faith so when we have a look at our internal uh, condition what is that what's the position of the old man that is Paul's flesh filled nature and I've got plenty of flesh as you can see so when you, when you have a look at us and how we behave what's my internal condition am I a person that's full of faith full of the word of God full of peace and a lot of the time I am but some of the time I'm not it's still a work ongoing in fact until I get to be with Christ that work won't be complete because no man, woman, child is going to be completely Christ in their flesh until they see glory. Or until they're transformed into a twinkling of an eye because Christ is returning. Wow. So the next piece uh, we have a look at is uh, once and for all. You're justified perfectly, continually, forever. All right. 
And when you have a look at uh, continuous through life is the sanctification. So spiritually, here I am in Christ, and here I am in the flesh, and actually, I've actually got to work it through. And that's what really we're going to be talking about for really the rest of the morning. But, um, well, not, well, not all morning. You know what I mean? Okay. So, um, and then uh, on the left, we've got entirely God's work. Justification is entirely God's work. It's instantaneous. I gave my life to Christ and this transforming, amazing, miraculous thing that happened to me, sanctified, uh, is, is, is part of that work. But justified and redeemed was complete. Uh, and on the right-hand side, we see we have to cooperate with God in our sanctification. In our walk, in disciplining ourselves, uh, I got quite frustrated when I was a new Christian, and I was heard I was this new creation, and sin has no hold on me. Oh, am I saved then? Because I found living life was not as simple as that. I found it more challenging than that. In fact, I got quite uh, concerned that uh, I wasn't living that. And I needed other Christians around me to encourage me and spur me on and to demonstrate that, hey, we're all like that and we're working out with fear and trembling. And then, of course, we've got uh, perfect in this life. I'm going to leave my glasses on, I think. Perfect in this life compared to not perfect in this life. So in the eyes of God, you're perfect. In the eyes of God, you're perfect. You're righteous, you're holy, you're, you're a beloved son and daughter. And yet, not perfect in this life as far as the work of the flesh is concerned. And then, uh, same in all Christians, the last one, uh, same in all Christians. Uh, when you're having a look at justified, uh, there are no favorites in God. There are no favorites. We're all loved the same by God, continually, perfectly, lavishly. And yet, on the sanctification side, uh, we're not all the same. We're all individuals, and God deals with us individually and spurs us on to doing good and fantastic things. But because we're all different, sanctification and how we cooperate with God, and that's what really what this is talking about, how we cooperate with the Holy Spirit, um, that's varied, and as different as you and I are in our characters. Um, I've got a, a definition of sanctification, and it is the ongoing process of being active in the transformation of the old simple nature, nature into Jesus' holy nature. The sanctification is an ongoing process of being active in the transformation of the old sinful nature into Jesus' holy nature. Now, there's a really in, uh, important uh, sentence. The changes that take place are the fruit of the Spirit that we submit to. We submit to the Holy Spirit and not a reward for doing good. Not a reward for doing good. The fruit of the Spirit is not a reward. It's an outworking of cooperating with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit grows his fruit in us as we cooperate with him. It's not a reward for doing good. It's the outwork of becoming like Christ-like. So how we work those things through, the next slide uh, is number seven, which is uh, a, a, a number of activities, really, how we work these things through. So um, our role in sanctification. So meditate on God's word, how we pray, how we worship, how we fellowship with one another, uh, how we go about witnessing uh, our faith to others, and uh, self-control. And all, in all these areas, really, it's a way we cooperate with the Holy Spirit in the midst of that that will actually make us Christ-like. It's not works. It's not deeds. It's flowing in the Holy Spirit in all of these areas. Oh, um, in the fellowship one, just so uh, I can mention it, uh, it was just pointed out to me that uh, fellowship... So. Um, we have this uh, amazing opportunity this summer to go to Devoted. Mm. <coughs> Who's already booked? 
Okay, a few of us. There's another price break coming. Okay, if you want to get in. Uh, what's the point of going to devotees? It's fellowship. What's the point of fellowship? Actually, we become like those we spend time with. And looking around the church, I want to become like you. And you're looking at me, I don't want to put that much weight on, Paul. <laughs> All right. But actually, who do, you want to, who do you want to be like? And uh, so when we're having a look at this, you'll know that different people seem to have it together in certain areas of their lives. Yeah? You can look around the church, you'll know the ones uh, that you're drawn to. So uh, next slide is meditate on the word. So uh, some scriptures and some pace to keep this going. Uh, we'll see wh where we end up around about half past, I think. Uh, so uh, meditate on the word. Psalm 1, verse 1 to 2. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. And in, 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 as far as the law was concerned, we're talking about the word of God, so the Torah in Psalms. So when we look back in that, we're, we're looking at people who are delightful because and have peace because they meditate on the word. And Matthew 4, 4, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Um, Jesus said that when he was being tempted in the wilderness and Satan was trying to tempt him to sin. And uh, Jesus' response is the word of God. And then every time Jesus, uh, the, Satan tempts Jesus, uh, Jesus quotes scripture to overcome Satan. Um, I found it great that actually uh, um, one of the uh, quotes this morning was, uh, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will free from you. <laughs> actually, you know, I'm thinking uh, so many of the songs, etc., were, were, were just so in keeping with uh, the subject that we're looking at. Uh, the word of God, the living word of God is Christ. Uh, when I'm looking at this amazing, amazing, amazing book, 66 books, just super. But uh, if, if you want to know Jesus, you've got to go in here. If you want any help in life, you just go in here. If you want to know the perfect will of God, you just go in here. If you want to be strengthened in your spirit, you go in here. You want to con con take control of chaotic thoughts, you just go in here. Christ is in here. Uh, the, the Holy Bible, it used to be called. And uh, uh, um, is it the book itself? No, it's who's in it. It's who's in it. It's the Holy One. And, and if you want to be Christ-like, it's in here. And uh, uh, submitting our lives to it uh, and, being and the revelation of God, how meaningful can it be by an intellectual reading it? Actually, not great. Any truth that's used in that scripture can, will actually bear fruit in people's lives, whether they're Christians or not. Because God's word actually bears truth. Um, in, in my other uh, part of my, my work, etc., in management training and so forth, so many of the psychologists and so forth, they come up with godly rhetoric, all right? How to care for, how to be diligent, how to, uh, what motivates people. Well, actually, all they're doing is revealing God's creation and his truth. So it's quite often you'll say, oh, that sounds really clever. I'm sure that's scriptural, you know. And, and, and you really will find that because wherever the word of God is applied, you find fruitfulness because God is forever faithful to his word. And when we're having a look at meditating on the word, I don't know about you, but it takes time to meditate on the word. When do I put time aside? I've always find the enemy loves to make me so busy I haven't got time for the word of God or time for prayer or time for... Um, the, the, the most the challenging times in my life where I've actually gone to God, what should I do? Pray more, Paul. When? Get up early. He does. Uh, worst, one of the worst times, we were moving from uh, Solihull to uh, Milton Keynes or Northampton, etc. And uh, oh, chaos reigned. We couldn't move for a year for legal reasons. And uh, I was saying, I was... I was Young in my spirit-filled walk. I've been a Christian for a number of years, but actually I just got spirit-filled. Oh, just amazing. And um, I was saying to God, because I'd gone on a number of courses and bits and pieces, seeking after his word, and this all happened, and I didn't have any time anymore. What did I do? He said, get up early. Well, I'm getting up at six o'clock already, Lord. 
Just get up early. So I used to fall asleep with my head in the Bible in the morning, <laughs> get my coffee. And then I'd be driving for this hour and a half down to Milton Keynes. I was like, oh, Lord, what should, what should I do? The, you know, this was a time of tapes. There was no downloads of preachers and stuff like that. There were tapes. So I said, what should I do? He said, pray in tongues. I've just been spirit-filled. Pray in tongues. It was new to me. Well, how long? All the time. Well, it took me quite a few months to get it to all the time. Getting into the Word of God is the thing that brings life to our lives. Brings security. When we're having a look at the lighthouse, what's it made of? Bricks. Bricks come from the Word of God. These are the building bricks of our lives. Meditating on the Word. How do we take that pilgrimage? How do we put time aside? Uh, if it doesn't cost you, it won't have much effect. The more it costs you, usually the more effect it has, the more long-lasting it is for you. When we face trials, etc., and all that sort of thing, uh, let's go into uh, the next slide. It's uh, prayer. And pray in the Spirit, uh, Ephesians 6, 8. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With that in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Okay. So... Um, I don't know all your names yet, so I can't pray for you all, but have you got a list? Have you got a list? Do you work your way through the church? Through a week, through a day, through a morning? How are we praying? This, This is one of the things that God calls us to be because fellowship comes up later. How do I pray for you? God bless you. I never pray for God to change anybody. I pray for God to change me. If I'm asking God to change someone, then I've got something wrong. Just to put it into context, when I'm praying for all, it's the God bless you, fill you. That's one of the things. And then Philippians, do not be anxious about anything. I think there's the challenge in this world where we're all called to worry. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Rupert and Izzy were were declaring the other week about standing in faith, standing in faith uh, for the promises of God, a baby. And hey, unless we take it to God in prayer and leave it there, Going away and then worrying about it is a different thing. How do I pray and leave it at God's feet and leave it there? And in faith know that he's heard and he will delight to bless me. Doesn't always do it how I want, though. Certainly doesn't always do it in the timings I would like either. But one of the things that definitely happens in here is pray in the Spirit on all occasions and be anxious about nothing. I have a Father in heaven who delights to bless me, who delights to do me good, who delights and has a plan to prosper and bless me and never to do me harm. So when I'm living this life uh, of prayer, what should it be like? It should be a continual thing. Your conversations with God, what are they like these days? Because it's not one of these things, it's all of these things that help us flow in the Spirit of God. So whether I'm praying in tongues or whether I am interceding for people or situations, how I do that by faith. So on the one side, well, why, why don't we... Well, anybody still waiting for an answered prayer? Really? The rest of you got it. That's pretty good. I was just, I was, well, the rest of you just listen to this for a bit, but the, the ones who are putting their hands up, this might be relevant to you. Because uh, you're good, that's me. What should I do here? And on the one side, there's breaking through and thinking, you know, heavens aren't brass. They're actually open and God hears us. Uh, and the second part of, of praying can be, hey, um, we're told about the persistent widow. 
aren't we? We keep on taking things to God. Uh, but there's another part of this, and that is, okay, Lord, what can I do to overcome the strongholds that are holding this back? What's actually happening here? What's causing the delay? And sometimes the delay's in me. So continual ongoing prayer. Uh, we have prayer meetings. They're amazing. If you haven't been to one, you should come. The Holy Spirit moves, there's prophecy, there's just worship, where we see breakthroughs, we see answered prayer. Just amazing. Just incredible. Going to a prayer meeting is like the, um, is the powerhouse of a church. All right? So uh, is it the Bible teaching? Is it? No, it's, it's communing with God, which is prayer. So if you want to see the powerhouse of, of a church, it's the prayer meeting. You know, I don't know what, how many horsepower your car's got, but actually you want a really powerful car, then you, you, you need a powerful engine. And the engine of the church is prayer. God has decided to limit his activity on earth by answering prayer. If you're not asking, then God's not giving. Although he's supernaturally, amazingly, just does stuff, doesn't he? So the next slide is worship in the spirit and in truth. So God is looking for worshippers in spirit and in truth. Ephesians 5, 17 to 20. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery instead of being filled with the spirit. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the spirit. Sing and make music from your heart heart to the Lord and always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Uh, I'm always blessed by our, our worship times here on Sundays. I'm really blessed. It's wonderful that the worship band serves us so well. Uh, they, they, the hours that they put, must put in to have that anointing and that blessing and that freedom is just wonderful. We need to thank God for them. As well as that, there is the prophetic that keeps coming out. Every time you know, you know, the preach happens and two or three of the songs were just supporting you know, the light, whole lighthouse idea and all that sort of thing. You're called to be beacons, actually. I felt so blessed by that. You know, here we are. If we're doing all this, we are the shining light. We're drawn to the light that is Christ, but actually the light is in us, is the beacon for everybody else around us. So here we are, worshipping. I wonder how much time. I, I'm, I've got to the stage where I'm about 50-50 in the car. Half, half of the time in the car I've got UCB and half the time I've got smooth country on or something like that. Uh, at one time I got, I got into Kiss and things like that and I actually I found that uh, I found the music wasn't quite uh, edifying uh, and so forth, so I got rid of that. Uh, and, uh, and we'll come into uh, what is it that you want? To consume. Part of its flesh. Right? What is it you want to consume? This, this is what this is. Worship. That's what it is. You know, at UCB in the morning, I like the guy, I like the music, etc. There's one or two of them are really annoying. So uh, that, uh, no, I don't like it. They get a little bit political on UCB, etc. I don't like it, etc. Or I feel I'm being preached at all the time and I get enough of that. My head does. So uh, what, what should I do? Well, actually, I still like the music. So I thought, compromise. I'll just put them on mute when they're talking. <laughs> okay. Why? Because actually I want to feed myself with worship. I want to be a person who worships. And, uh, uh, you know, as I'm telling you, I know that this is just an ongoing adjustment for Paul. Where are you with your worship? How does that work for you? Sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's Christian rock. It's whatever it is for you, how you're wired to be before God in worship. What does that feel like? How do you put time aside for that? I'm sorry, the TV or games or internet or whatever it is or Google, it, it's just, it's just, it can occupy my mind. And I have to think about that when I'm looking at worship. How I step back now and again and think, well, what do I like? What am I like in my walk today? What do days look like for Paul? How do I honor God in the different parts of my day? It's challenging. I know it won't be a perfect work till I'm gone. And I'm closer to that than a number of you. Okay, just saying. 
<laughs> so next one, number 11, is, uh, is, is fellowship. Okay, so uh, we have life groups. Uh, if, you are, uh, um, if, you go to, no. if you are attached to a life group, could you put your hand up? There you go. Everybody else look around. Um, super. Uh, now, the scripture I've got here is Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. And let us consider how we spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another, and all the more as we see the day approaching. When I was a younger Christian, one of the things that uh, Dave Cable, Dave and Heather Cable, were sort of uh, parents in our spiritual walk for Anne and I uh, when, when, when we got spirit-filled. And uh, one, of the, one of the things that they came up with was who you spend time with. How do you stay hot for God? How do you stay hot for God? And they said, well, don't stay on the outskirts of the fire. The hottest place of a fire is right in the middle, right in the heart. If you want to be hot for God, stick with other people who are hot for God. All right? So uh, if you, the more you drift to the outside, the easier you are to pick off. Because you haven't got the people and the support mechanisms and the encouragement, etc., to spur you on for Christ. So when we're having a look at uh, life groups, um, so many of you work hard not just at work, but in serving in this church. Just amazing amounts of service and sacrifice, etc. that I see. It's just, wow. To be around you is encouraging, is inspiring. So when we're having a look at fellowship, how do you work that in? What sort of priority is it? Where does it come in my thinking? Where does it come in my planning? Fellowship is loving one another. The de declaration of God, the commandment of God here is to love one another. How do I do that if I don't know you? How do I do that if I don't spend time with you? If you want a great marriage, spend time with your husband or wife and encourage them. If you want a great family, spend time as a family. You want a great church, spend time with one another. Love one another. People will see us for the love that we have for one another. It talks about encouragement. I'm using this one because it's one of... No, I'll, I'll, I'll say it when I get to the, um, uh, the, the, the self-control piece. Um, I wonder how often we get to life group. I've got the best life group, sorry, just saying. <laughs> so, because absolutely, incredibly godly people just shine, just wonderful. Makes me want to be there. I'm not going to be there this Tuesday. I've got to be away doing some work, etc. And I'm resenting it. If you're not resenting it, why not? I resent being away from home because I like spending time with Anne. So I resent being away. And important parts of my life are like that. So the next one is witnessing and uh, uh, here we are. And <laughs> this is all of us. This is all of us. And this is, this is part of the last uh, piece of, uh, of Matthew where Jesus is giving the commandment to his disciples. Uh, anybody a disciple of God here? Anybody not a disciple of God here would have been an easier one, really. All right, so if we're disciples of God, then this is the commandment. Go make disciples. Of who? Everybody, all nations, everywhere. And uh, here we were talking about these wonderful lighthouses. Um, Adam's whole piece around, hey, the rocks and the rubble, etc. He's going to make those into a lighthouse. That's right, actually. There's nothing more amazing than when you turn a part of your life around and people go, wow, did you see that? He used them. What's happened with you? And uh, when we're having a look at, look at witnessing, uh, how bold am I? Uh, if, 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 you've, uh, if, you, 
my friends at work, etc. They knew Claire, my eldest daughter, was getting married just before Christmas. Uh, Everybody asked me, asked me, how was the wedding? Oh, how was the wedding? I'm going to tell them all the good news about the wedding, aren't I? Am I? Because actually what I've got to do is I've got to say the worship was fantastic. We really praise God. I've got to tell them actually the gospel was preached so that lots everybody got to hear about Jesus. Because uh, uh, actually that was some of the highlights of the day. How you shoehorn those into the story or avoid them. All right? How you shoehorn it. Because this is good news for me. When we were looking at the photographs yesterday morning, Claire and, uh, and Matt dropped in. We were having a look at the wedding photographs, and they were brilliant. But one of the things we ended up talking about was how well Kevin, the pastor up there, included the prophetic and uh, the gospel and uh, amazing things that marriage means with Christ included it all it was just amazing it was lovely and uh, the worship uh, was just just super so when i'm talking about good news to people about simple things i love it when chrissy says it's great people ask you what you did at the weekend well i went to church why because actually that's one of the big things that i did at the weekend um so it, it's how do i witness and sometimes people will say, actually, you don't have to use words. If you've, if you've run out of actions, use words. How you demonstrate your love for people, how you demonstrate your service to people, how we encourage people, etc. Um, so one of my witnesses falls into the next one, which is self-control, slide 13. Okay. <coughs> yeah, Okay. So it is a dog, and he's got a donut on his head. You can see it's, uh, he's got more, more self-control than me over that. So I would eat that donut. So, uh, but the fruit of the Spirit, then, uh, is um, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the fruits of the Spirit. And as we cooperate with God... The fruit of the Spirit in our lives grows. It grows. People can see that about you. How come you're always happy? How come you're always peace? How come you're always encouraging? Uh, I didn't used to be. It's one of the things that I had down to say. But when I'm looking at self-control, it's to do with my time. It's to do with my thinking. It's to do with what I do with my body. What do I do with my gifts and my money? Uh, just to give you some idea about self-control. Uh, when I left school, uh, I come from a very working class family. And uh, when I left school, I, I, I got an apprenticeship and that sort of thing. Uh, and I worked with 12 other guys on my apprenticeship year. And we were the most vicious, vicious, sarcastic people you ever saw. Know what sarcasm is? Apparently it's... Sorry? Lowest form of wit. Well done. Uh, that didn't stop me. So, <laughs> I've got to say, we were vicious with that. Um, it was, uh, to survive, you had to be good at it. Because everybody was pretty good at it. So, for four years, I, I did my apprenticeship with these guys, and uh, we, we were ruthless in our sarcasm, which was pretty appalling, really. But uh, that got into my life. And it was only when I became a Christian that actually God put his finger on it on one or two occasions because um, he revealed to me that when I'm sarcastic, someone has to pay the price. This is laughing at other people, usually at their misfortunes or characteristics or anything else, really. Um, we had a lovely guy called David Nossel, and he had a big nose. You could imagine how bad that was. <laughs> okay. So, um, but... Uh, how? And God stopped me, really. Over a period of time, getting an old habit out of your life is, is, is ongoing. Someone has to pay the price. I now put it in some of my management courses. You want a better culture at work? Get rid of sarcasm. Why? Because actually it's destructive. It hurts people. 
you wouldn't think of getting up and slapping someone in the face. Well, maybe. So you wouldn't <laughs> think of getting up and slapping anybody in the face. But verbally, some of the things that we do and we say, etc., where is the kindness? Where is the encouragement? Where is the building up? Where's the compassion? And uh, so that and swearing and a couple of other things. Uh, and now and again now, of course, what you go into scenarios and you think, wow, I, I, I went to uh, Southern Ireland to, to do some work uh, a few years ago and uh, I was horrified at how much Jesus Christ was used as a swear word by everybody. And how the enemy has created a stronghold in what was theoretically a very Christian nation to actually use the Saviour's name as a swear word or an expletive. And now some of those things hurt me because I've got to a place where I think actually they hurt God. If we're in our self-control, um, so uh, as far as my body, uh, I've got a sweet tooth and I'm trying to get that in control, but I'm punishing my body at the gym on a regular basis to try and show who's the master of this thing. And uh, self-control can be all sorts of things. I wonder what area of your life you're working on at the moment. I wonder what one of the things that the Holy Spirit might be prompting you about. So often it starts in our thinking. If we want good self-control, we conform our thinking with the word of God and his love and his declaration and his promises for us. Self-control means, you know, this is not what God does. He doesn't put a donut on your head and say, you can't eat that. You can't eat that. You can't have that. It's not for you, that. That's special, that is. You can't have that. God doesn't do that. That's not what God does. He blesses us with all good things. Uh, so if we can have my last slide up, just to, uh, to uh, finish off. Um, 1 Corinthians, and this is what some of you were. And in before Corinthians, he was talking about the sinful lot. <laughs> this is what you were, you adulterers. This is what you were, you thieves, you liars, you this, that, and the other. This is what you were. But you were washed you were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So, thinking about the work of sanctification in our lives doesn't detract from the person that you already are in Christ, in the heavenly places, seated with him. It does not detract from that at all. All right? But on a daily basis, how we work and cooperate with the Holy Spirit grows the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Grows the fruit of the Spirit. It's not a reward for doing good. All it does is release God's godly nature working in our character. So uh, here we are, just to finish off, really. Um, on a daily basis... I need the Holy Spirit to empower me and prompt me and uh, help me stay on track with my thinking, with my worship, with my prayer, with my study of the Word. I need the Holy Spirit every day. I, and I ask for more. Please, sir, may I have some more? I'm not the beggar at the table. I'm the son asking a loving father who's got plenty. And he says, yes, son. Lots more. So uh, what I'd like to do is finish off uh, with uh, asking for more. Because I need to cooperate, we need to cooperate more with the Holy Spirit in our lives. So what I thought would be good, if you could all stand up, stretch, get yourself feeling like, if you can, that would be great. So you can stand up. There we are, look at that. Wonderful. <sighs> yeah, you've been talking for a long time, Paul. We've got stiff. So it's just, uh, it's okay. Uh, here we are. Uh, and really, uh, what my prayer for you, and I'd like you to engage with it, is just uh, to for us to start uh, asking God for more of the Holy Spirit in our lives. All right? And uh, whether that's you praying in tongues or, or whether that's you just getting into a place where, for me, I just feel it bubbling up. I can, 
I can just feel the well of God, Holy Spirit, like an artesian well bubbling up in the midst of my innermost being. I know he's here. I know he's in you. Uh, why? Because he's promised to be in you. And uh, he, he's, he, he is uh, a flowing river ready to oh, revitalize areas, to re-empower you in self-control, re-empower you for a vision for prayer and for witnessing, uh, to be able to uh, give you a hunger and thirst for the Word of God. Uh, he's, he's here right now in you. And uh, uh, whatever it is that uh, was happened this morning, it could have been some of the pictures or the prophecies or the worship or the words that we've been covering uh, through this session, but whatever it is that God's prompting you, ask the Holy Spirit now to empower you to do something about it. Uh, we don't want to leave this place the same as we came in. Uh, we want to leave this place uh, being able to follow God and do his will. Oh, so, Lord, so wherever you're praying in tongues, uh, just to, uh, let him flow through you right now. Holy Spirit, come. Fill us to overflowing. Lord God, fill us to overflowing. Lord, we want to know more of you. Holy Spirit, in our lives. Oh, Lord, uh, that you would reveal how high and wide and deep is the love of God for us. Lord, and knowing this love, knowing your word, knowing this love, Lord, we will be transformed into the likeness of Christ. Lord, that's our heart's cry, to be more and more like you. Come, Holy Spirit. Oh, do your work in us. Oh, we know a minute in your presence is worth hours on our knees. Lord God, we'll call out to you. Touch us afresh, oh God. Touch us afresh. Touch us afresh. Fill us afresh. Overflowing, Lord. Overflowing, Lord. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Oh. Mm. Strongholds breaking. We were hearing that earlier in this, this morning, but uh, strongholds breaking. Just push in, whoever you are. That you, There's certain things that you're like, I want to break that. And, and uh, the Holy Spirit's here to cooperate and empower you to do that now. So whatever, whoever you are, um, I've got a sense of three or four people. Whatever that is, just give it to God and ask, yes, help me. And I know that the miracle is possible you know, to break through and see uh, real, real changes in my life, in my thinking, uh, in my emotions. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Right, thank you. I think we're drawing to a close. So thank you. Um, and uh, uh, don't rush off. There's tea and coffee. There's also... <laughs> and donuts is there. <laughs> See, it wasn't a prophetic picture. No, it wasn't. It was. But there's uh, food uh, and coffee and fellowship to have by all. And don't forget, if you're part of the safeguarding training, uh, it's in here, half past 12. Fantastic. to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday morning.